Hey, I'm Rivka. I'm a health coach and your guide to a more balanced, healthy lifestyle. And I'm Ida, mental health awareness advocate and ADD coach. Welcome to the From the Inside Out podcast. We're mumtrepreneurs and friends who love connecting through meaningful conversations. It all started in an Uber, where we were both inspired by how much we learned from each other's life experiences. We decided then and there to create this platform to invite you to join in our conversation and discover the joy of growth and personal transformation. We'll share the practical and valuable tools, tips, and shortcuts that may have taken us a little longer to learn. Yes, by combining our shared knowledge and expertise and the things that we do to bring more clarity and focus into our lives in mind, body, and soul. Join us in building a strong and supportive network of women who ignite positive change from the inside out. Hey. Hey, Rivka. Hey, Ida. How you doing today after the weekend pre-Pesach COVID-19 quarantine style? Oh my gosh. Um, I am okay under the circumstances, you know, trying to stay in a grateful state of mind. Same here. I'm in my home and um, that's when I really tap into being grateful for my family inside and that we are doing okay right now and um, we are well and I hope it stays that way for everybody that is well. So we were going to release our podcast episodes that we have recorded for all of you, but considering these circumstances and how we're all faring during this time, we feel that there are so many more pressing concerns that need our attention, you know, because we're, many of us are feeling so stressed and anxious and and we need to gather the strength and really support each other through these difficult, unpredictable times. It's interesting because we called our podcast From the Inside Out because of the whole concept of Kol Kavodah Bat Melech Panima. It all starts from the inside, from inside of us, reflecting out onto the outside. And we happen to all be stuck in our homes right now, inside. What we want to do with all of you is really work on creating positive energy in our homes and reaching out to each other, spreading that light out into the world to bring light into the darkness with the tools they're using in our homes. And not only are we dealing with all of these, you know, struggles, but we, on top of that, many of us have Pesach to worry about and to be concerned about. And this is my first time ever making Pesach. I didn't think that I we're going to be in this position, but you know, things happen that we don't plan for. It's going to be a, an eventful few weeks, definitely for us here. Yeah, it's going to be eventful here too. Most of our Pesachs we've spent in Israel, Australia with my family. The last couple of years, we joined my, joined my sister and brother-in-law in California, which is a beautiful experience as well. But yeah, in between those times, I did make just a couple of Pesachs here and I was so panicked in my mind beforehand. How will I clean? How will I cook? Especially picking up on the energy of everyone else's panic and seeing people shop in the streets. <laughs> well, now, sadly, we barely see anyone in the streets. But first of all, I just want everyone here who is listening, who has never made Pesach before, to know that in so many ways, Pesach can be simpler and easier than a Yom Tov during the year. First of all, like we use less ingredients At least in our family, we use less ingredients, which eliminates so much and lowers, you know, expectations and the pressure of feeling like you have to make gourmet food. So that's one thing. 
Yeah. yeah. I feel like in a way being in this kind of crisis mode um, makes us focus on the essentials. Like yeah. we don't have the capacity to worry about the little things, like how yeah. we're going to host and our, our menus. This is like, we need food on the table. We got to make sure that we have like enough stuff for our kids to eat. So they're not hungry beyond that. You know, <laughs> there's not much that we can think about. And, uh, and you mentioned panic and there's so much panic, not just with Pesach, but with, with, I mean, all the craziness with the unknown, with the future, um, how long is this going to last for? And I think it's it's important to tap into, um, you know, the things that help us reduce the, the level of panic that we're experiencing because the panic isn't really helping us. You can plan without feeling anxiety. Obviously, it's easier said than done, but there are ways of doing it. And one of those ways is like maybe reach out to someone who's done it before, um, like a mentor. Yeah, that's yeah. a great idea. Like, who would you reach out to? I would reach, I do, and I have reached out to my mother-in-law, uh, Leah Schattenstein, who is amazing. She has been making Pesach for the last, I mean, I, many years. We've been going to her every year. Um, she could, I always say, she could run an incredible Pesach program for hundreds of people if she wanted to. Like she's. I've heard all about that. that. Well, Ida and I both share a sister-in-law, Yael, who's yes. married to my brother, Yael Yeah. And she, when she tells me about your mother-in-law's food um, at, on Pesach, I am literally drooling. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually drooling right now thinking about it. But um, she really, um, she's sending us meat that she had ordered because she was supposed to come here for Pesach. And she's just helping me out with prep, with, with recipes and all, all kinds of things. And I need that. Right. But I do want to say about prep, a, a calming thought in my mind is that I'm not going to do a lot of meal prepping. I... I'm going to get into the house what I need to get into, what I need to get here. Like, um, I've already bought, you know, oil, almond flour, honey, canned goods, things like that, salt. I have those things in a few boxes sitting on the side. And then I also bought my meat and chicken, and I have that in the freezer. But the thought that is really helping me is the same way that it's so hard for us to think of being in our homes for another week or even maybe a month. Like, that thought is so overwhelming. I feel like we should take what we're doing now, which is let's take this day by day. We wake up in the morning. Okay, we're just going to do the best we can today. And that's the same way with Pesach. I'm going to make simple, fresh meals every day. Not like I'm going to have to make 50 things right now before the whole Pesach. I'm just going to take it day by day and make each meal fresh. But get the essentials into the house beforehand. So maybe there might be a few things you need to make before like some cakes or baked goods and things like that, because there might be a couple of days where there's a Shabbos in between. I haven't even looked into that yet, but there might be a few days where we can't make some things. But most things in my mind, I'm going to do fresh on the spot, simple, fresh foods. Right. Um, what would you say, like what kinds of ingredients do you think would be good to have in the house, perishable or not, um, to kind of get us on, on the right track? to help us increase in our energy and well-being and, you know, what would well, you tell? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of foods that you can bring into your home, Pesach and, and, and now even um, choosing more wholesome foods will make a tremendous difference in, in the way you feel in our, in our bodies in our minds in our souls, because they're intertwined and what we put into our bodies has an effect on our moods, our attitudes and attitudes and our mindsets. For example, right now, I mean, this is something that I've got many cases of in the house. <laughs> I am drinking water, 
It's something very simple. Yeah, me too. Uh, you just got a bottle too. <laughs> I always have it around me. The simple act of drinking water is actually something easier to take on now because we aren't going in and out of our car and running to different places. So I just know that when I feel hydrated and Ida, tell me if you feel the same now that you've taken this on um, and drinking during the day, especially noticing this indoors, I totally feel a difference in my energy levels. Yeah, I do also. And not only do I feel more hydrated, but I also, um, when I have water, when I have a water bottle with me, I am less likely to run to the kitchen and grab like an unhealthy snack, which is what I often do. You know, in haste, I'm just running and grabbing the first thing I see. And normally it's not the healthiest <laughs> option. Right. So the yeah, water so, helps. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. good. I'm glad the water's helping you. <laughs> it's, I'm really excited yeah. that you took that on. Even just that one thing alone is going to makes such a difference for you. Even if there's many other things you haven't taken on, just that one simple thing of water is going to make the biggest difference and it will lead to some something else, a new step yeah. that you're going to take. I believe it. It's also comforting to know that there are foods you can incorporate that support and boost immunity health, which is something we should really focus on, especially now. And there are many, but I just want to give you a few key ones to keep in mind that are easy to implement over Pesach too. So just to name a couple, chicken soup. That's something that you're bound to make over this yontif. And it's good to know that it is really good for you. I found myself not, on, not only making it for Shabbos, but I make it during the week as well, just knowing that the combination of chicken, chicken bones, and vegetables in the soup make it the ultimate immune booster and contain many vitamins and minerals. Chicken and turkey are both high in vitamin B6. Just three ounces contain up to 50% of your daily recommended amount. And vitamin B6 is important in the formation of new and healthy red blood cells. It's just good to know the background of why these things are good for you. Right, right. I mean, I know chicken soup is just, is a staple in our house. And I like to divide them up into containers and stick them in the freezer in case someone is, God forbid, not feeling well. I can just pull it out and warm it up and then, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so that's a good one. Almonds are an excellent source of vitamins and antioxidants. And just to give you perspective, a half a cup will just about give you your daily recommended amount of vitamin E and A. And if you're looking to lose or maintain weight, up to 20 nuts a day would be the limit. So that's something simple. You can just take a handful of with a fruit. The combination of the two digests really well in the body. And a lot of my Pesach desserts and healthy treat recipes include almond flour, which is Almond flour is blended almonds because of the nutritional value in almonds. Uh, I use more almond flour over potato flour for this very reason. And so you can incorporate these healthy treats and Pesach desserts into your menus as well. Uh, you could just go to revivewithrifka.com and they're really simple and easy. Just a few ingredients, but a, and a lot of them include almond and flour. And delicious. Thank you. <laughs> it's a lovely thought to know you're enjoying a treat with nourishment. Right. I'll share one more with you. You know, we end up ordering a lot of lemons and citrusy fruits into our homes for Pesach. And just know you're doing an amazing thing by ordering them in because they are loaded with vitamin C. Well, I'm saying ordering in because I have Mr. Greens around the corner. I don't know if you have to actually go out to the store, do you? Well, I mean, these days I, I haven't really gone, but um, I might have to do one shop. But most people here are just getting deliveries. It's just a safer thing to do right now. Yeah, and we're lucky for that. So oranges, lemons, um, th these, these citrusy fruits are loaded with vitamin C and they increase the production of white blood cells, which in turn protects 
the body against infection. So you can juice wow. them, add them to a smoothie with other fruits, put little segments over your salads. And just knowing that these lemons and oranges we squeeze over Pesach contribute to our gut health is really cool, you know? I love that. I love these tips because they're, it doesn't require a lot of prep. You know, almonds, citrus fruits, like to cut up an orange, even chicken soup, when you're putting a bunch of ingredients into a, a big pot. Um, and these are such practical, there's just practical tips. And totally. I just get, I kind of get like lazy. If I'm hungry, I just want something that's going to, unless it's dinner time where we like to sit down and eat a proper dinner during the day, I just want to grab something that'll give me energy. That'll give me a nice boost, um, keep me balanced. And so these, I feel like these are really good, like ideas for things to, to have handy, especially the almonds. Okay, good. Yeah. I, I could give you a lot more, but I just wanted to give you a couple for now. And it's easy to forget, like it's, you know, during these times, like, because it's, things are so chaotic, it's so easy to forget to eat. It's hard enough to have a healthy lifestyle when we're not in like this crazy situation. Um, but I feel like what I need to kind of remind myself is that now more than ever, I need to tap into these healthy eating habits because I need the energy now. Like we, yeah. we're in the house, we're and we're not going anywhere. We can get cabin fever. And so we have to make sure to keep these healthy habits going to make sure that we're in, in the best possible state to get through this. Well, a lot of my clients are finding that during this time, it is easier for them in a way because what's going on is not in our control. But taking care of our bodies and ourselves is something that we can control and like it empowers you to want to do that. At the same time, also, you want to just have the most energy that you can to deal with the situation. So it's interesting that it's such a difficult time. And also you don't, you don't have the outside influences like restaurants and um, it's just whatever you're bringing into your home that you're going to end up eating. So in those ways, it's a little bit easier. Yeah. Even though I'm sure it is harder for some people. And sometimes you just want to eat more because you're sitting in the kitchen and you may want to overeat. <laughs> right. At the same but time. Then you could choose what you're bringing into your home. Well, so eating the right foods is definitely going to help relieve stress and will give you the capacity to control your emotions better. Yeah. It, can, it can be easier if you're accountable to someone about taking care of yourself, whether it's a friend, your spouse, or even your kids. Like tell them today, I want to eat so-and-so and so, stay hydrated, exercise. I like the idea of accountability to be able to kind of step out and say, well, well what are we doing that we need to do differently? Especially like for me, when it comes to something like my cell phone, and and I know so many people who are just kind of refreshing their news um, feed and seeing all these scary things. And for me, actually, my kids were telling me that I'm using my cell phone too much. And so I decided to be accountable to them and tell them, well, if you see me, you know, take my phone and hide it somewhere. Having that accountability makes me just more likely to do it. And it's the same I'm sure, with eating and with, um, you know, with exercise and other things that we want to do that sometimes we forget to do because we get caught up in yeah accountability is a huge a huge help and support and um you mentioned exercise even 10 minutes a day of a combination of some kind of cardio like jump jump rope weights push-ups and planks they'll release endorphins contributing to a positive state of mind and it's so important to be positive now uh, like i'm totally not doing the same workouts as i did before due to the kids being home and household duties now that my cleaning lady's not around <laughs> Um, but these 10 minutes, and sometimes I do get in a bit more, um, make the biggest difference in strength and positive mindset for me. 
it's so important for us to tap into these healthy habits and these better habits because um, at this point, it's we can so easily kind of get caught in this vortex of emotions and and like negative thinking. And when we do these things, and and I'm not saying like to put this intense pressure on ourselves to increase our productivity and to do more than we've been doing than we were doing before, but at least to just be intentional about like making an effort to do the things that fuel us so that we don't um, get caught in an emotionally charged state of mind that will not that will not be very helpful for us in kind of getting through these very difficult times yeah well this relates to a very powerful idea that's shen chasidus about the relationship between emotions and intellect chasidus philosophy teaches that we have an animalistic soul and a godly soul the animalistic soul is our ego and when we are tuned into our animalistic soul our intellect is limited and our emotions like anger and frustration take over our intellect. And the purpose of Hasidus is to change the nature of our characteristics to learn rationality. And it was it's so interesting when I was learning this concept with my sister, because we learn um, Tanya once a week, I was reading at that time the book, Predictably Irrational, which you, you yeah. told me about this book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my favorites uh, by Dan Ariely. Yeah. Yeah. So he analyzes our natural irrational behaviors and helps us use our minds to change these behaviors. When we are in an emotional state, like when someone upsets us, it's better not to respond in that emotional state. We end up regretting our reaction um, when, we're, when we aren't in that emotional state. Like we totally are surprised at who we are and what we said. Yeah. <laughs> and we should yeah. wait till our emotions calm down when we can think more rationally and use our minds rather than our emotions to respond. And as far as Hasidus goes, when we are tuned into our godly soul, creating space for Hashem, and our focus is Hashem, which is the core essence of us, like learning something, doing something positive to make this world a more godly, good place, reaching out to a friend, bringing some light into our home, which is going to ultimately spread out to all of you out there. We're yeah. in a place where our intellect shines. We're in a positive space, which directs yeah. us to the rational place in our emotions. Yeah, I think a lot of people will resonate with what you said about allowing ourselves to get into that rational state and to do the things we need to do, to be diligent, to prepare, to follow the medical experts advice on what we need to be doing. But beyond that, to do the things that we can do to get to, to kind of put ourselves into a better state of mind. So we're not panicking and nervous and anxious and worried all the time. It's not helping. This can be like crisis intervention training where we take this opportunity to inoculate ourselves against stressful responses, which can really help us get through challenges in the future because there will be challenges that we, we're going to face. That's inevitable. Um, and when we can learn how to navigate them without um, uh, without the negative feelings and the, and the anxiety that undermines our ability to get through them, then we are more confidently able to get through these difficult times. I really like this concept of turning this. This is a tool that that helps me taking your emotion and turning that emotion into something positive or looking at that emotion from a different perspective. For example, frustration, that's something that we're all going through right now. If you're frustrated, it means there's something that you can do. You just got to change it up a little bit and be a little bit more flexible. The same thing with like fear. If you're feeling fear, let's take that fear because the only thing to fear is fear itself and turn it into faith, like taking that concept of fear and you've done everything that you can and turning it into faith in Hashem. Reframe it, you know, the frustration just means you want something to be different. So what is that, yeah. what do you need to do to get there? 
like I mentioned, taking care of our bodies through simple acts that are doable in this time. Connecting to Hashem, that would take care of our soul. <laughs> as well as some practical tips, Ida, which I feel you can give us because you have shared some really great ones on social media, that, which I have found very helpful. For all of you that don't, that don't know, Ida is an ADHD coach and she is completing her master's in mental health. And I found your tips very valuable and very doable. Do you want to share some of them with us? Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, some of them really resonated with um, with people. And I really, you know, when I share things, I, I always say I'm sharing them with myself because we often will share the things that we need to hear. Um, and I'm just glad to know that it, these tips were very helpful for many people. So um, there are five tips and they're all simple. I would say do the one that you resonate most with, the one that's easiest for you. You could start there and then take it um, take it from there. The first one is to make a daily schedule or a plan. And it doesn't have to be set in stone, but something to work off of. You know, you write out what you want to do, and then you can compare it to what you actually end up doing. And that's a great way to just be accountable, like we talked about accountability before, um, for the way you spend your time. Because time is the most precious, unrenewable resource. And it's so important to be intentional about how we spend our time. In yeah. the beginning of this whole thing, I was seeing you share how you, you're you writing up your schedule and what you plan on doing with the kids. And I thought it was really cool, but I was not doing the same. And it did become overwhelming. And once I started to write things down, even if it didn't end up happening, it just made things so much clearer in my mind and more organized about, okay, we've got a goal for today, you know? It's not about raising our standards. This is about letting go of expect any expectations that we have of ourselves to do um, A, B, and C, right? We're writing this down so that we can say, well, you know what? I need some time to unwind. I need some time to rest. And I want to make sure I get that time in. I want to make sure I get the time in with my family, the things that I want to do. And you and I were having this conversation about how, you know, we wish we had more, we had spent more time with our kids yeah. um, at the end of the day. Yeah, because we at first we were both analyzing our day and what was bothering us because something was bothering me and something was bothering you and we weren't right. sure exactly what it was. And I thought maybe it's that I didn't do, you know, do some of my book writing. I didn't um, accomplish some of my work that I would have liked to. And you were talking about the things that maybe you should have done. And then we both came to the same conclusion. We felt like maybe we could have connected to our kids more. And I, I really felt after that, like, as long as we're connecting to our family right now, you can totally let go of all your other expectations. Because I was so hard on myself in the beginning about doing, accomplishing so much now that I'm going to be indoors. And it's really not about that. So it's about self-compassion more than anything, not being so hard on ourselves. But, you know, even if it's a tentative schedule and, and things won't pan out exactly as I intend for them to, but at least I have that you know, intention to write it down. And when you write things down, you're making them real and they are more likely to happen. So that's another reason why it's important to write it down. Okay, the next one is uh, shared activities. So this also applies to spending time with your kids and not just kids, spouses, anyone that we enjoy spending time with. Oftentimes I'll do the things that my kids want to do, which is not a bad thing. I My suggestion is to find the things that you enjoy. And if it's something that they can do and can join you in, and then I feel like the kids will naturally enjoy it more. Um, totally. I mean, at, at least in my experience, I found that to be true. Yeah, I, I found that. I, the times when I did an art project with them, I had recently did an art project that 
my niece Rivka Krinsky, who also shares the same name as me. She's an artist. But there was this really cute project that she showed on social media and I decided to do it with my kids. And I was so tired at the end of the day, but it did bring me vitality. And I really love doing it with my kids and they totally sensed that. So I'm really trying to incorporate more of that, even though sometimes, don't you find, there are so many things that we have to do that we do not enjoy. Like, do you enjoy folding the laundry? There's always going to be those times that we um, have to do things and we don't really enjoy doing them. So two things. First of all, um, I'll give you two examples that I could think of. The first is um, I, I had to make a schedule for my a school schedule for my kids when they were home from school and during this quarantine. And um, I don't necessarily love to sit and teach all day. So what I did was I try to tap into what I enjoy, which is, for example, I love World War II history. So I decided to teach them. Yeah. So I taught them about I don't know if you know. I also love that. We never discussed that. Okay. (laughs) I guess the story of many of our grandparents, so it makes sense. But I I taught them about Anne Frank and, you know, the the history um, around that whole story, the context. And I learned a lot. There's a lot that I didn't even know about that story. You mentioned folding laundry. And so I'm happy you mentioned that because I do not like folding laundry. I do not like (laughs) doing dishes. I don't like cleaning. What I like to do is, and you can't do this at, you know, on every occasion, but, um, is that I will, um, I love podcasts. There are so many that I'm, that I want to listen to, and I'll only allow myself to listen to these podcasts if I'm doing something like folding laundry, doing something like, you know, doing the dishes, something I don't enjoy doing. Oh my God. I totally love this idea. I mean, I, I love cookings and I always listen to podcasts and and, uh, music while I'm cooking, but I never thought of listening to a podcast doing something I hate. I was just telling my husband the other day, how am I going to grow to love this cleaning situation because a cleaning lady's not here? And he's like, it can be really therapeutic. And I'm like, how could this possibly be therapeutic? (laughs) He's really good at folding the laundry. And um, now I know how. Okay, I'm totally going to listen to a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Only if you're doing something. It's like it's the Pavlov effect, you know, the Pavlovian dog, there's this whole thing about like conditioning yourself to do something um, if you associate it with something that you already enjoy. So mm-hmm. I'm conditioning myself to do the things like, you know, clean for Pesach, which is hard for me um, because I'll only do it when I listen to a podcast, which I enjoy. So that's kind of a way like to do the things that you don't really enjoy doing that you have to do. Um to kind of tap into the stuff that you enjoy and to combine the two and do the best you can. That's a great um, idea. You know, you're going to be like, when can I clean next? I've got to <laughs> listen to this next podcast. It's amazing. It really does work. In most cases, it really does work. It's definitely worked for me. Um, okay, we, we can try that while we're Pesach cleaning. We could, yeah. Um, the next tip that has been very helpful for me uh, is joining the 5 a.m. club. And that basically is that I decided to wake up one hour before my kids wake up. Uh, now, for any parents who have little kids under the age of a year old who are waking up at night or anyone who has to go to bed late for whatever reason, um, this probably will not be a tip that will work for you because getting a good night's sleep is so important. But for those of you who can wake up a little earlier before your kids wake up, even if it's 10 minutes, uh, it can make a really big difference in your day to just kind of get that um, morning fuel, quiet you know, jumpstart. I do it because I'm just, my brain is most efficient in the morning and I love to do my writing and my reading then. So, um, and then by the time my kids wake up, I have already done that, like, I guess, um, self-fueling that is really helpful for me. So, yeah, yeah I, I joined you in that. I joined you in the 5am club because at that time, which was before um, this whole disaster, 
I was working on a book, which I will continue to do in the right time. Um, and the time I, I realized the only time I'm going to do that is before the kids wake up because there's so many other things that were happening in the day. And it was the best thing. And I'm still doing it now because I, I agree with you. I really feel it's great to for me to get up before the kids get up. It gives me some time to like breathe. Sometimes I do the foam roller and stretch out my body. And um, But I on the nights that we go to bed late, we do not do this. You need right. to get like seven hours sleep. Yeah, sleep is, is a priority. Sleep is always a priority. Should always be a priority, I should say. Um, okay, so the next thing I do, yeah. the next tip that I think is helpful, and this actually has been the one that has resonated the most with, um, with some of the people that I've shared it with, because it's so simple, but it really does make mm -hmm. a difference. Wake up in the morning and get dressed as though your day is like any others, particularly now, because we're not going anywhere. We're quarantined, we're home. And I will try not every day, but on most days to wake up and to get dressed and to, you know, put lipstick on, even if I'm not going anywhere. And research does show that people who do this are more productive and feel better throughout the day. So this is backed by all of these tips are backed by research. Um, by the way, all Edith's tips are always backed up. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? This one does not need to be backed up because I experienced it. Like I had like five days straight where I was only wearing pajamas or, or workout clothes. And by the fifth day, I was like, I, I don't know. I have to take Edith's tip on. <laughs> I cannot do this anymore. And I like put on a bright red top to keep my fire alive. And <laughs> I was dressed and it made the biggest difference. And I've been doing that since. Like I get dressed. Yeah. And you know, I would say lastly, just stay connected. You know, being physically isolated does not mean you have to be emotionally isolated. And even though it's harder now with technology, you know, having to connect through technology, we can use that to our advantage and maybe set up a Zoom call with our family. We did. I did that last week and it was so nice. We had never done it before. And we got to kind of all be on the call at the same time. You know, there's yeah, a lot Zoom. of new, new opportunities for connection. Yeah. Zoom is, has such an advantage, you know, like. Um, we have a once a month share with Rabbi Taub in my home. And usually there's only like 10 to 15 people that come. And last night we had this share and 40 to 50 people zoomed in because it was on Zoom. He actually shared this beautiful thought. I'll just share the end little bit with you because it's so relevant. So in a couple of weeks, I think it's one and a half weeks away, we're going to be sitting in our homes and we're all going to say, we were slaves, but Hashem brought us out with a strong hand and an outstretched arm. In the 210 years that the Jews were slaves, not one slave was able to escape. So according to nature, it should not have been possible for us to leave. But the matzah that symbolizes faith, the Jews were willing to just get up and bake that unleavened bread and go ahead and go for the ride and really trust in Hashem that he was going to take them out. And so I feel like we will be saying these words at our Seder table and they will mean so much more to us this year than any other year we have experienced. Hashem should bring us all out of this with a strong hand and an outstretched arm. Wow, that's really, really profound and beautiful. It's all about letting go. Like, let go and let God. I think that's a Rabbi Taub um, quote. Yeah, right it there. is. Yeah, yeah. Just let it be. You know, let go, let God and let, let Hashem it run be. the world. Yeah. Let it be. Let it exactly. Be. <laughs> let it be. Let go of expectations and um, just be okay with the unknown and recognize that Hashem runs the world and there's so many things that we can't control. There's this book that I love, one of my favorites, that I lent to somebody and I'm going to order it back in my home in time for Pesach. 
Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's so many lessons to be learned from yeah. that. And there's one quote that actually stands out to me right now that I'm thinking of about how we can react to a situation. Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. Wow. That's really the essence of true power. And that will free us from the confines of of worry and self-doubt. I feel like that we're experiencing now and even on a daily basis. That's a really beautiful thought to end with. Thank you so much for joining us. Sending love from afar. Be safe, everyone.